Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Well, I'm here with the founder and leader of the Antioch movement, Jimmy Seibert. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, it's such a joy, such a joy to be with Antioch Sheffield. Now, for all of those, I've you know had the privilege of knowing you for 20 years now. Uh, but for those who don't know you, haven't had the chance to uh, attend any of the conferences or read your books, uh, just give us a little, little bit of your background. Yeah, well, didn't have a Christian background like many of you listening today, which is always good hope for all of us. And at 17 years old, someone shared the gospel with me. And my brother had just happened to be home uh, during that weekend. He was at university, and um, and I knew he had become religious. And the way I knew he'd become religious is that at our dinner table when he was coming home from college, he asked if he could pray. Now, we were not a praying family, so it was like, uh, okay. And he literally prayed the gospel. Lord, I thank you that we're all sinners, and apart from you, we need to be saved by grace alone. So he literally preaches the gospel I praise says amen and all of us were like what in the world did he just say and so all that's all i knew this guy was religious but i had heard a testimony of someone who had come to jesus and my heart was stirred and so i asked him and he simply led me in a prayer the way i say what happened at that moment was i say for the first time in my life i didn't feel alone Mm. now i had friends and parties and stuff to do But man, on Sunday morning after a hangover on Saturday night, I would just be empty. And the first time in my life, I realized I wasn't alone. So God was with me, but my brother took off back to university for the next year. I didn't have any discipleship or anything and just kind of did the best I could. And um, fast forward, I go to university and began to follow um, around people who went to church and kind of try to figure it out. And then you know how it is. You start being around church people and around the things of God, but you realize, hey, everybody's not really living this deal. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they've read the Bible, but I don't think we're actually following Jesus. We're going to church and not doing as bad of things as I used to do, but come on, what, what is this all about? So I took a summer uh, and I had a summer break out of university and I said, I got to find out who Jesus is. So I said, I'm going to start in the book of Matthew. I'm going to read a chapter a day and whatever Jesus says to do, I'm going to do it. And whatever he did, I'm going to try to do it. So here I go, Matthew chapter one. I'm, I'm just kind of bopping along. And remember, I haven't read the gospels, so I've just heard a few sermons here and there. And by chapter six, I'd given away about everything I had, had forgiven everybody I wasn't planning on forgiving. And that was just six days into following the words of Jesus. So, man, can you just imagine what the rest of the summer was like? Just page turners, right? Every just I'm doing a chapter a day and I'd say, wow, whoa, wow, that's scary. Wow, I'm going to have to let go of that or do yeah. this or do that. And the beauty of the kingdom of God is that it works. Yeah. It's not just a good suggestion. You know, it's not just a good idea. It actually works. And so anyway, I come out of that summer, I am just undone and had powerful kind of reconciliation with parents. They didn't come to Jesus, but man, I forgave them and just all these beautiful things happen. 
and I'm driving my car back to university. It's about a four hour drive. And as I'm driving, I'm saying, I'm crying. I've just been crying uncontrollably all morning. And I said, God, what are you doing? What is this? You know, after three months of just this transformation. And he said, I'd prayed a prayer at the beginning of the summer. God, show me that you're real. That's what kind of led through this reading through the scriptures. And he said, you, you asked me to show you that I was real and I have come. Wow. I mean, wow. You know, if we seek him, we'll find him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is right. and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I actually gave it a shot. I just said, look, I'm going to go for it, see if God's who he says he is, and I found him to be more than I even could ask or imagine. Well, I'll fast forward to get us to today so we can jump into uh, Acts 16, which you can already turn your Bible there if people are wondering where we're going. Um, but to fast forward, God then began to lead me uh, to people who loved the church and believed that the church was the hope of the world and believed that God could do miraculous things. There was a mentor friend who was in his 60s who had planted church all over Eastern Europe. At that time, it was uh, blocked. You know, They had risked their lives taking Bibles in and wow. seen the miraculous work of God. And he would just tell stories of the New Testament actually being real. And so when I met somebody that what I read in the book of Acts now, or what I read in the life of Jesus was real, it was that meeting of a person who actually lived it that made me believe it. And so I saw it, felt it, tasted it, touched it, as John says, and I said, all right, then let's do it. Laura and I, my wife and I get married. We go to a group of people together and we say, hey, what if we actually live this out uh, of a local church, and we found a little local church that was willing to let us start a training school, which is now ADS, which you guys have as we offer that throughout the movement. Right. And we started this little training school, and we said, man, what if we actually prayed? What if we actually evangelized, actually discipled people, actually did it in community, actually lived holy lives? What could God do? And it seemed to me in those days, God said, I can change the world, just as I did uh, in the book of Acts. So, now here we are. It is 2020. That is 33 years ago when Laura and I started our journey together in, the, in leading a training school that would eventually lead into leading young adults and university students and then associate pastor. And then we would plant Antioch Community Church out of Waco, which is kind of our hub church, and then start planting churches around the nations and all that beautiful stuff that happens out of the book of Acts. We've got to see it in our lifetime. Of course, not everything we've wanted, not everything we've desired, yeah. but we have been able to see just a portion of that. And for that, I'm grateful. And um, that's us. Wow. And now we've got, what, what, something like 35 churches in the U.S. and 80-something church tent planting teams around the world? Well, you'll be encouraged. It's, the numbers are all up. Okay. We have uh, 42 U.S. churches. And we have 110 teams in 47 nations. Okay. So we're now at 110 internationally. Wow. Uh, and so things are continuing to grow, continue to multiply. And, and the nature of, of everything is this, and this is what you guys live by there, I know, at Sheffield. It's just the simple values of the kingdom, man. Yeah. If we truly, truly are devoted followers of Jesus and are 
personal devotional life, if we're investing in others to do the same, if we're reaching out to people that don't know Jesus, and doing that in community, that's the New Testament church in its simplest form. Because in reality, if it's not simple, it's not reproducible. Hmm. And the simplicity of it uh, has allowed us to be sustained, you know, for now 33 years. And, and um, man, our hope is high because uh, the church has weathered 2,000 years of persecution, of challenges, of plagues, uh, <laughs> of favor, of disfavor, of adverse cultures to supportive cultures. The church has endured no matter what has happened on this planet. Yes. Because Jesus says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So whatever boat you're getting in at this time, you want to get in the church boat because it will make it through the storm. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Amen. Well, what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, you're talking about the church surviving plagues and, you know, it's gone through the read the stories about the Black Plague in Europe and some of the horrific things sure. that have happened in the past. But, you know, yeah. as we have been in this crazy season of just uh, just unprecedented things happening over the last five yeah. months, what's, what's your take as you've kind of looked at the movement worldwide and the church worldwide? I, I feel like you've got more of a, of a bird's eye view than most of us on what's happening. Sure. What's your take on all of this? Yeah, well, again, the, the one thing I do want to say to everybody is God is speaking prophetically through different voices, but there is not one unified futuristic agreement in the body right. of Christ. And that's not because there's disunity. I think that God is focusing on now. Yes. I think the pause is uh, arresting our attention so that we might fully align ourselves with Jesus in the kingdom. So there's not a lot of future clarity, but there is a present invitation. And so um, the, the way I say it, at least here in America, you know, we kind of had round one and we're kind of on round two here right. of our COVID craziness. And, uh, and you had the racial protests in the middle of this and all that. And the invitation was clear from the beginning. God saying, when you look back on history, what you did in this pause uh, will be remembered for eternity, let alone in your lifetime. Wow. And let it be said, we sought the Lord. Let it be said that we uh, repented and turned and we we did everything we could to get right with God and anything that we know so that his power and his glory could return in the places of deep need everywhere mm -hmm. that we are involved. And I would say we responded some the first round, but not fully. Right. And, uh, and I'm just talking about myself. You know, I, you know, I could compare myself to somebody else and said, well, you know, I, mm. I did a little bit here, a little bit there. And, and, it, and, and God honors every step forward. So I'm not minimizing anything you're doing to see God. It's valuable. Right. But I, God wants our whole heart. Uh, not just some of it, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, mm -hmm. The eyes of the Rome, uh, Lord roam to and fro across the face of the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is wholly his. So if there's anything going on in the church among the people of God worldwide in this pandemic, I believe it's God trying to say, I am shaking everything that can be shaken. Attend your heart. Mm. Attend your home. Attend your life strengthen your pegs, you know, our promise out of Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, because I'm about to move in power, but you're going to need everything that I am. Right. You, you just, you, we just can't step into the next uh, 
uh, plays partially. You right. know what I'm saying? And and I think we all feel that. I mean, everybody kind of knows it. It's just we just need to make the decision at the next level. Hey, I'm all in because one of the things I would say, Todd, that I that I'm personally confident in is we're not going back wherever right. there was it's no longer there right and so um you guys obviously have experienced this in england and we're you know we often talk about being a post-christian nation and that america you know is moving to being post-christian etc but because the structures of society have pulled out a basic judeo-christian base we are free spinning because we're relying on humanism to hold us together. Yes. And, and so even the vestiges and structures, especially, you know, a rich, as rich of a history as England has, you guys have still been held together no matter who says what about the church. Some of those laws and principles and values have right. been because of the church's influence in, in your country mm-hmm. as well as in America. But the, the pandemic and all this stuff is revealing that those roots have really uh they're gone right and 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 the reestablishment of that is going to be a work of the spirit for those who are attentive but it's going to be much purer and the uh, the cultural constructs are not going to hold together society right uh the spirit of the lord is going to hold together people who are attentive to the kingdom of god so the 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 revelation that this stuff isn't working is 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 real so maybe i'll take it another angle yeah. um have you noticed that there's not that many clear voices so if you take america for example right during the race riots of the 60s we had martin luther king now i personally am a big fan of martin luther king you may or may not be people may have their opinions right. But yeah. but he was a clear voice that people could rally around, mm-hmm. and he was principled in his justice activities around a biblical kingdom principle and the mm-hmm. scriptures to support that. Does that make sense? Yes. So there was a voice. So in America, when you see mayhem, it's because there's no voice that people are following. Right. Um, politically, of course. I mean, that's, we don't need to go there, except to say <laughs> there, there's not a a voice that people are coalescing around right right people are dividing around it mm-hmm. um take take our human institutions education alone mm-hmm. i don't know what it's like for you guys there but uh in america you know we're opening schools closing schools schools not happening it is happening COVID outbreak i mean absolute chaos and when schooling then is pushed back to the family which is not founded on judeo-christian basis of life order you know what I'm saying? Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is not central in the home. Your ability even to to keep a disciplined process in place for education is unraveling. Right. So I'm not a doomsday guy at all. I'm just observing reality and saying my hope is really high for a real Jesus movement, a real kingdom of God, uh, people that don't have answers, looking for uh, answers, and we have scriptural uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, admonitions slash practicals for just everything in life. You can Google sure. whatever you need from the Bible. You're going to yeah. find a, an answer. And so because we have those solid pieces, it really is our hour to be fully attentive. 
Yes. And uh, but what we're not going back to is society kind of carrying us. Right. You know, and allowing Christians to be Christians just because we always have been and always will be kind of thing. Right. Right. So so God is wanting to move. But in order for that to happen, there's got to be a greater level of consecration or another word for that yeah. might just be just devotion, just kind of being all in yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. And and that this is our opportunity to kind of sink. You know, I just preached last weekend on Colossians 2, sinking our roots down deep into yeah. Jesus. And uh, this is a, really an opportunity to do that like no other, uh, or at least lockdown yeah. has been. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and what I would say to everybody is that, you know, there's two things that happen in windows like this. One is you realize, oh, no, I'm not as deep as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have the tools. And in our kind of reality of that, what we tend to do is say, so I'll just watch more Netflix and hope that something <laughs> miraculous happens. Or we start getting the help that we need that's always been there. Right. And, you know, I, I just want to say that everything we need is right in front of you. You know, I mean, look in your hand. I mean, if you've got a Bible, it's right there. Right. If you need a resource and help these days. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever listen to the Bible Project. You, you mm -hmm. listen to the Bible Project? Yes. Yeah, it's just YouTube. Everybody can get it. If you say, I want to learn the Bible during the uh, pandemic, man, just go to the Bible Project. It's there's so many powerful things that literally are right in front of my face. Yeah. If everybody will just take a little more time to pause, be attentive to those devotional pieces and begin to respond, you don't have to fear everything out here mm -hmm. uh, because God will meet with you. Oh, so good. Well, I, I think a lot of people might say as well, like with this lockdown, it is an opportunity, but it also feels really constrained, like more constrained yeah. than we've ever felt. Uh, probably it will certainly yeah. in my lifetime. Um, yeah. What would you say to that? You were you were talking about Act 16 earlier. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so l let me just uh, I'll just go on a little teaching sure. moment here and and. Uh, Please jump in at any okay. time. Yeah. And, uh, and hey, before I do, I want to say whoever's listening to this, uh, Todd and Lauren Roberts, you don't get any better than that. These guys are gold. <laughs> Jesus loving, God honoring friends, co laborers in the gospel, and people you can trust with your life. And I mean that with all my heart. Just so stinking proud of you. And thank you, Antioch Sheffield, to all of you guys for being faithful through the storms. There is something about a Gideon's army that produces power in moments of need in history. Yes. So don't despise the army that God has gathered, no matter how weak you feel or small you feel at times. That Gideon's army is what God uses in moments in history. So I yeah. just wanted to, boom, take that in Jesus' yes. name. Thank you, All Jimmy. Right? So, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hey, Act 16, some of you guys are familiar with the story, and you've got uh, the Macedonian call, they call it. So Paul and his buddies, they're headed to Asia. Uh, they get a dream, and the Spirit of God says, you're not going to Asia, Come and a man's waving, come on over to Macedonia. That's actually what would be the bring the gospel to Europe, which actually we're all a product of here. And so they, they're making their, so now they're making their way to Macedonia, Things go great. Somebody gets saved. Don't you love it when you get a word from God? You go to the neighbor's house, and it all happens. And you're like, this is so easy. It's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So shortly after that beautiful testimony and answer to this dramatic dream they have, there's this gal following them around and she's prophesying actually a bit of truth over them, but it's with an accusing spirit. Mm -hmm. She's a medium. She's a demonically possessed lady. She's an accuser. And so finally it says Paul gets annoyed after a few days of this. He rebukes the demon. But the medium, this lady that was making a lot of money for people, kind of like for reading palms or tarot cards, kind of that kind of deal, that her money's now gone because she's delivered of the evil spirit. And the people uh, get frustrated, her kind of uh, handlers get frustrated, and throw these guys in prison. Now let me pause for a minute and say this. If there's anything that's been being unleashed in the Western world, it is the spirit of accusation. Mm. There is a difference between correction and accusation. Proverbs 6.23 says the commandment uh, uh, is a light, the word is our lamp, and reproofs for discipline or correction are a way of life. So we'll always need correction. That's why we have each other and we lovingly, hopefully, help each other along, point out our weaknesses, try to help each other. Correction will always be present, but accusation is meant to imprison and destroy. Wow. When somebody accuses you with a spirit of accusation to destroy you, take you out, or, or push you back and down and put you in a shame box, that's not God speaking to you. The enemy, it says, accuses us day and night when he's trying to say you're not worth it, you're not going to make it, you have no value, you're mentally going to lose it, you're playing a game. That's a spirit of accusation. That that voice, is even if it's true or partially true, it's not helping you get to life and peace and grace. Right. That's called the spirit of accusation. Right. When a person does it and they say, well, you're the worst in the world and here's this and here's that and all that. Sometimes it's partially true. Sometimes it's just an outright lie. But if the goal of that, that accusation is to get you to stop following God, condemn yourself, um, grovel around in self-condemnation, uh -huh. give up, uh, not, no, there's no path forward, that's not God. Right. God brings correction to help, right. heal, and bring a path forward. Mm -hmm. But we respond in a spirit of, Pray for them, pray for your enemies, bless them, ask God to minister to them, make yourself available for one-on-one -on -one meetings. But in the end, after you've done your biblical duty, you can't allow accusation to, to imprison you. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Acts 16 now, the guys are in prison, uh, and I'll read this. This is uh, Acts 16, and I'll pick it up in verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, we're all here. He eventually leads the jailer to the Lord, his household, and there's a move of God. All right, so here's, here we go. You ready? If you're a note taker, now it's time. All right. So <laughs> they, they're in a prison of that they didn't of their uh, wrongly yeah. and wrongly in a prison. So here's kind of three prisons you can kind of get in. We have the pandemic. We are imprisoned by something we have nothing to do with. Right. Right. I mean, unless one of you guys has a secret lab and you're really the source of all this, <laughs> it happened to you, you know. Yeah. And so it has you're imprisoned by no doing of your own. 
All right. Then you have the prison you put yourself in. Man, I could feel imprisoned in a un, in an unresolved relationship or a divorce or uh, something I stole or I've lied or I've have um, addicted. Those prisons are self-made prisons. So we have prisons that nothing had no participation in. We've got self-made prisons. And then for them, we have the prison that was uh, that was uh, done by others. Mm. So many of us have been victimized. You know, uh, if you grew up abused and brokenness, you struggled mm. today because of what was done to you. Right. And in these this particular case, uh, something evil was done to them. They're unjustly imprisoned. And here they are. So whether it happened from outer space to the mystery of <laughs> the earth and you don't know whether you got yourself there mm -hmm. or whether somebody put you there unjustly, the answer is still the same. Right. They begin to praise God, it said, sing hymns to God. And what we know about that is because these guys were Old Testament scholars in the sense of they knew the word of God, they were singing the Psalms. Mm. They were literally singing the word of God back to God. You'll often see in the Psalms, the song of David is a little subtitle or the song of Moses. So they're singing the word of God back to God. They're praising God and they're praying uh, in their chains. Mm. So, Again, I don't know how you got there, but I know what the tools are to get you out of there. Right. The keys are praise and prayer, at least internally to get you out of the prison mm -hmm. so that you can figure out to do uh, whatever it is God has for you. So let me just let me give an example. So <clears throat> uh, I had a I don't know if you know, uh, I think in Britain you'd say the same thing, an MRI, you know, a scan, a brain scan. Mm -hmm. I had a brain scan when I had my uh, Bell's palsy and they, they thought I had a tumor. Mm -hmm. So they have to do a brain scan. And the way they do that, it puts you in a head chamber and it's a pretty overwhelming thing. Anybody yeah. that's claustrophobic is already feeling it with me. <laughs> uh, I'm about middle of the road on those issues. But so what they do to try to eat, calm you down, because you can't move in the head chamber. They can't get the right image. If they can't get the right image, they can't find out what's wrong. Right. So you got to chill out. Right. And they, there's certain medications they can't give you because it affects your brain. So, mm. so you got to kind of figure out a way to weather it. So what they can do, is they put headphones on you now. And so they said, hey, we're going to put headphones on you. Just to keep you calm when you go into the chamber, you'll be in there 20 minutes. We'll take you out, then 10 more minutes. And they said, is there any music that calms you? And I said, well, could you just, they had like Pandora uh, mm -hmm. search engine. And I, I said, uh, Hillsong. And they said, well, now what genre is that? Is that uh, R&B, rock and roll? I said, <laughs> just just do Hillsong. It'll, it'll be fine. It's, it's, it's worship music. And uh, so, so they put it in and. And the thing with the Bell's palsy, uh, again, you can still see I have a little bit of it, but when it was, it was I mean, when that, it was full on, it was almost down to here. Wow. And it's, it's hard to keep your eye closed because you can't, you don't have mm -hmm. strength. But I could close it and it would usually stay shut. So two things are happening. They're, they're willing me in. They also give you one other thing. Sorry, they give you a panic button. Mm -hmm. So you have a button in your hand. So if you're wigging out in that chamber, you can push the panic button. They'll take you out. Okay. So here we go. They're talking to me through the headphones. The music's about to start. And I just, by the way, as a part of it, I know Todd can relate to this with his own ear problem. Yeah. It, it, your eardrum is really uh, damaged by Bell's palsy. So it's oh. piercing when, there's, when the music's too loud. Okay. okay. So 
got the scene you yeah. with me yeah i'm with you all right so i'm, I'm so i'm <laughs> here i'm going in they start the music and it's it's too loud it's piercing and it's hill song shout to the lord in mandarin chinese <laughs> like <laughs> so it, and i don't speak mandarin chinese right so right. it is loud piercing mandarin chinese and i think it probably shook me a little bit because then my eye pops open so uh -uh. one eye pops open it's a pitch black chamber i've got screaming mandarin chinese pain pulsing through my head i got a panic button in my hand but i also know if i don't endure this i'm gonna have to go back and do it again they got so i yeah. gotta hang in there so i start quoting philippians 4 4 through 8 rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. Be uh -huh. anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So, man, my body's screaming, my mind's freaking out, my body's sweating. And I'm just slowly re redoing that scripture over and over and over and over again. And finally, they come on and say, we're we'll pulling you out now. And I make it all the 20 minutes and I make it back the next 10. Didn't wow. have to push the panic button because I had prayer and praise available mm -hmm. in my mind. You don't have to push the panic button. Right. Mm -hmm. we've, we've been given prayer and praise. And hey, just can I tell you this Philippian, they call it the Philippian jailer getting saved. So Philippi, a church was planted. The Philippian jailer got saved. What I just quoted was Philippians chapter four, mm -hmm. which was later in Paul's life. He was in a Roman prison writing back to the Philippians mm. who had gotten saved out of his imprisonment yes. of how to survive in the panic. Isn't that <laughs> Come good? on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Philippians 4, 4 through 8. So, all right. So I get out of the panic and here we are. Yeah. And what I would say to all of us, there's a great place to start. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Just renew your mind. Just walk through it. Let, let, let it turn into prayers. And here were three things they prayed. Okay. And then, then I'll wrap up here in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Three things they prayed. They prayed for their own needs. I know they did, right? These mm -hmm. guys, they're humans just like us. And we see David in the Psalms. If they were singing the Psalms of David, they were singing also, Oh, Lord, come, deliver us. Our enemies are all around us. They were singing the pain songs as well as the rejoicing songs. And we're honest with God. And I always say, you start reading the Psalms till you find your voice. Yes. Your voice of pain, your voice of rejoicing, your voice of need. But uh, God, God's given you a way to pray and a way to praise. So we pray right. our own needs. Son of David, have mercy on me. This stinks. This is where I am. I'm, it's painful, God. But I need you in this place. So they were praying by themselves. But I thought the other beautiful thing was that God gave Paul a prayer partner. He gave mm. Silas. Um, my encouragement to everybody listening is you need a prayer partner in these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. None of us are that strong. Uh, it doesn't matter, man. I've been walking with Jesus for 33 years by the grace of God, have not fallen away, have yeah. stayed to it. And I need people to pray with. 
Yes. Even this morning, uh, I called an old friend. We prayed together. We said, I need you, man. And he said, I need you too. And so, hey, mm. if we're doing this after 33 years, wherever you are in your journey, don't let the enemy isolate you. That's right. why we always emphasize twos and threes on Zoom, in, inside your life group. Get mm -hmm. your life group together. We need each other. Yes. So they're praying for each other. They're praying out their own needs. Secondly, they're praying for the other prisoners. It said that uh, the other prisoners, it said they were listening to them praise and pray. Mm -hmm. So they were praying for the salvation of the other prisoners. And they were praying for their well-being. And the reason I, I truly believe, I'm, uh, the reason I feel sure of this is that when all the prison doors opened and all the chains were coming off, they listened to Paul and Silas. They didn't run out of the jail. Right. It wasn't just Paul and Silas that remained. Everybody remained. Right. They had built community by interceding for people that didn't deserve it. Right. Wow. And they had won their hearts. Mm -hmm. Right. When we pray for people in our lives who don't deserve it um, and show mercy and grace, they become friends. They become loyal. And, right. uh, and, and you find the community out of that. So they prayed for themselves. They prayed for those in their lives and uh, the, the other prisoners. And then they prayed for their captors. Yeah. Now, you know this as well, because this guy gets saved in his family. And can I just say nobody gets saved without somebody praying for him? Yes. And and these guys always followed the admonition of Jesus. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless them. Uh, you You love those who love you. But I say love your enemies and pray for them. So they uh, absolutely were praying for the jailer. We're praying for the Roman authorities. Uh, you know, my whole deal these days of whatever political person or thing you think is evil, I promise you that if you don't pray for them, it's going to get more evil. Right. Right. We we tend to want to throw somebody under the bus as if they're the reason for it. And if they are evil, whatever, whoever it is, wherever you're coming from and whoever you think is evil, Evil unprayed for is unabetted. It's out of control. Mm -hmm. And my admonition is, if you, you, the scripture says, pray for those in authority, pray for leaders. You got to pray for them to be convicted, to find Jesus, uh, resist the devil in their lives, ask for godly counsel, ask for transformation of their lives, turn your complaining into intercession so that there can be transformation because complaining doesn't get us there. All right, that was free. Right. Let's get back to our story. So they're praying for their captors, and then it happens, right? The Spirit of the Lord, they're singing, they're praising, they're praying, and 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 the chains break. Uh, I had a, a friend several years ago come to my office and was asking me, um, hey, how you doing, man? And, and I was going through a real trial, and I said, yeah, I'm making it, you know, all that. And he said, "Man, it's you got to praise God. You got to dance on this depression. You got to, you got to <laughs> do something. You can't just sit here in your own head in your chair and sulk." And he grabs me by the hand. He said, "Come on. The Bible says rejoice." And for me, it was a bit of a persecution I was getting from a couple of people for something I didn't do. And you know, right. I was kind of like, "Well, I had a little self pity." And and so he grabs me by the hand, and I'm reluctant. And eventually, we're dancing around the office, and. And it breaks. The, the yoke breaks yeah. because I chose uh, to do it God's way and not my way. Right. Praise is a sacrifice. Mm. And when you bring the sacrifice, you break the oppression. So, so, so Jimmy, do you yeah, mean yeah. to tell me yeah. that you, should, you, you can praise even when you don't feel like it? You know, Todd, here's the deal. <laughs> 
If you don't, it's only going to get worse. Yes. I just hate to say that, but it's true, man. And actually, if you, if I interview, if I interviewed you today and asked, give me top 10 encounters with God, 90% of them would be in your greatest place of pain. Yep. That's where, right. Where you decided to at least look God's way or at least say, God, I'm here. I need, you, you know. And or find victory, dance on your graves. Those those places of pain are the places of the meeting with God. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's and so, you know, I would just say to anybody listening right now, whatever pain you have physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, man, start praising God, not for it. It's not like you're saying, oh, isn't this wonderful? Right. Uh, God can use it together for good. But you can say, Lord, thank you that I that in this place I can praise you. Yes. I can exalt you. I can pull you in. You can. Uh, I can find you. I can get on top of this in the name of Jesus right. by worshiping and praying. And again, back to the Psalms, I just can't admonish you enough to read the Psalms till you find your voice mm-hmm. uh, and in the prayers of your heart. And it's well, not. It's not uh, inauthentic either. I mean, no, a lot of people no. feel like, "Oh, I'm not yeah. being real," but actually, it's not about how we feel. We're we're praising because of who God is. So yeah. Well, and, and back to that kind of theological paradox of I'm a new creation in Christ. So who I am is a worshiper. Mm. Uh, I've been born again. The Spirit of God lives within me, but I have to stir up my inner mm. man to attach to the reality of God. So I'm being my full authentic self when I am in praise and prayer. Yeah. I am also being authentic when I said, I don't feel like praying. This is what I feel. That is my flesh. That's my soul. That's my outer man that is not yet submitted to God. So, yeah, be honest with me. You see David being honest about his Mm -hmm. own attitude. But then he would say, but I will yet praise you. And who he really is then comes alive. We are all made for God, we're made to be attached to and connected to, and we're fully alive and we're fully authentic when the glory of God, when we're connected to that uh, beautiful identity and that he put within us by his spirit and he made us to be. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this a ton the last couple of years. And what's great about everybody listening is you didn't get the junior Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, it, hey, Todd got the Holy Spirit. I just got a little drop walking by. If you're born again, you're born again by the Spirit of God. So the same Spirit lives in me that lives in Todd, that whoever's listening right now as a new believer lives in you. Mm-hmm. It's the same Holy Spirit. The maturity process is submission to an agreement with the Spirit. Yeah. right? So maybe we got a few more years on us of learning that or choosing that and walking with God so it looks maybe like a little different than somebody who's a new believer, but all of us have full access to God fully by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, let me kind of, let me kind of wrap it up yeah. and then you yeah. can do where you want. So uh, it says an earthquake happened and it's not just because there was a particular geographic fault under the prison. <laughs> you know, the foundation shook because heaven came to earth. Their worship and prayer brought heaven to earth. The foundation shook and the chains are loose. If there's anything, you know, what's God saying? He's shaking everything that can be shaken. Mm -hmm. Governments, societies, structures, families, individuals, businesses, sports, whatever your God is, it is being shaken. Mm. And why? 
so that God can break the chains off of us, not to destroy us. Mm. Just, just the intent of God, no matter what the enemy is doing, no matter what the mystery of this craziness is, I promise you that God is working it together for good for those who love God yes. and are called according to his purpose. So I just got to make sure I'm attentive mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. One last story. It comes from Northern Scotland. And the reason I'm telling this story is the jailer was going to take his life because he thought, man, his one job was to protect right. the prisoners. They're all gone. And they said, no, we're here because they stayed true to their assignment even when their chains were set free. Mm. They didn't say, thank you, Lord. I got what I needed. And they went on with another life. Thank you, Lord. Now what, Father? Just as God delivers you, he delivers you for a purpose, and that's mm-hmm. to redeem others, not to just run off and get what you uh, just personally want. Right. He saved you for a reason. It is personal freedom, but it's also to set others free. So anyway, so they're, they're, here they are. So back up to northern Scotland, we're doing an outreach, and um, we, we pray, we wait on God before we head out to the outreach. And uh, Lord, is there anything you want to say to us? Holy Spirit, where do we go? I have a picture of a horseshoe and a bar. Uh, um, uh, I know it's a pub. And so I ask anybody, I ask around, hey, is there a, pu- a pub that has like a horseshoe? They said, oh, yeah, yeah it's the horseshoe bar up on High Street. <laughs> so praise God. All right. So it was just very clear in my mind, go to the horseshoe bar and preach the gospel. So I go into the bar and it was, let's say it was three in the afternoon, kind of midday. There are a few guys at the bar stools. There's a couple uh, uh, little booths, you know. So let's say there's 10 guys in there or something. And I walk into the bar and I said, hey, everybody, if I get everybody's attention, I said, I know this is crazy. I'm from America. It's just great. Love your city. And I said, but I was praying this morning and God put you on my heart or this place on my heart had to bring a message to you. And that is that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and he cares about you deeply. But uh, we're all sinners and all of us have sinned. And the Bible says that all sin and fall in the short of glory, God. So your sin and my sin, it's keeping us from God. God's up here, we're down here, and there's this huge wall. We're all living with that reality until we call on the name of the Lord, until we realize that Jesus died on a cross for your sin and my sin, that by believing and trusting in him, we might be free. And I said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I know that everybody in this room knows what sin is. I know that most of us understand that we are blocked from God. And if you want that barrier taken down, believe in Jesus and trust in him only. Well, of course, they're stunned at first that I'm saying this, Mm -hmm. uh, right? Uh, uh, And just enough (laughs) interested because I'm an American to figure out what in the world. But then once they finally figure out what's going on, they start mocking me, making jokes and everything else. They're not like throwing stuff at me, but they're right. just making fun of me. Right. And I said, well, hey, I'm going to pray right now. And anybody would like to talk, I'm, I'm going to hang here for a few minutes. So I pray and everybody just kind of goes back to their drinks and a couple more jokes. Yeah. And then a, a guy over in one of the little side booths waves to me and asks me to come on over. I go and I sit down. I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he said, I, I can't believe you're here. You know, I just can't believe you're here. And I'm like, yeah, well, uh, what's going on? And he said, uh, my girlfriend left me, uh, just devastated me, broke my heart. I struggle with alcoholism. And, um, and he said, last night she left for good. She's done. 
And he said, I thought, I'm going to end this. I'm going to take my life. I was already drunk. Mm. And I grabbed a knife and I was going to slip my throat. And he said, I lunged my knife towards my throat. And he said, a hand grabbed me. I, I don't know what to say. And he's trembling. He said, a hand grabbed me and stopped me. And just because I was so stunned and I knew it was God or something, right. I dropped the knife. And he said, I ended up drinking myself to sleep. And he said, I woke up in a pile this morning and I just wandered back over here and I've been make, trying to make sense of it. Was that God? Wow. And I said, I said, that was God. <laughs> and I said, and God spoke to me to come speak to you to rescue you. Wow. And so I get the privilege of praying with him to receive Jesus. We eventually got to meet his girlfriend. Uh, our church up in Scotland led the girlfriend of the Lord and a, a few months later did their wedding. And I know for two or three more years before they moved, they were involved in the church and being transformed by God. Incredible. The, the, isn't that amazing? Yes. They was going to take his life. God speaks. We respond. The, the intersection happens and God sets people free. Mm. So the spirit that wants to keep us free from prison is the same spirit uh, that wants to show us how to help men and women find grace. Mm. So that's my prayer. Yes. That anybody listening to this or any friend or family member just kind of walking by as they're listening, it's not too late. Right. If there's any word I have, it is not too late. If you need Jesus, you can simply call in the name of the Lord. You will be saved because he is in the rescuing business right now. Oh, amen. Hey, Jimmy, could you just pray for us to wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So spirit of the living God, we just thank you today that however we got in the prison that we are feeling constrained by right now, we thank you that prayer and praise allows us to dance on the graves and to find freedom in the name of Jesus. And I would just say, whoever's in the sound of my voice, wherever it hurts, whether it's your mental state or a physical heart problem or extending your hand to a, a neighbor or friend, if you're there with uh, your spouse, extending your hand to your spouse and just hand on your heart, hand on somebody else if it's appropriate next to you. Spirit of the living God, I ask that you would release an Isaiah 61 anointing to bind up broken hearts, set captives free, and give freedom to prisoners. I pray for mental um, challenges right now. We just speak peace, be still. That Philippians 4 over every mind right now. I ask God that ailments and knees and shins and legs will be made whole and healed in the name of Jesus. I pray that fear would be dispelled in the name of Jesus. I pray Whoever needs you right now, if you need Jesus, just pray this simple prayer with me. If you know Jesus, just ask God what you need to do and just maybe start singing to the Lord or praying out the prayers of your heart. But if you need Jesus, just pray this simple prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, you just pray it right after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Just tell him you need him and then pray this with me. Forgive me of my sins. Just ask him for forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for me. Just tell him, that, tell him thank you that you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Pray it right with me. I believe you rose from the dead. And I give my heart to you. I give my life to you right now. 
I am yours. I am yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that all is well uh, because you are in this boat with us. And so let prayer and praise arise from Antioch Sheffield. Let prayer and praise arise from the Roberts home and everyone listening today, Mm. I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jimmy, thank you so much. That was so powerful. Just a joy, man. Hey, how can people uh, how can people connect with you? Are you on social media? Yeah, so I've I've been off for about a month, but I'm going to be back on today, and um, so it's a great day to talk about that. So they can uh, uh, at Jimmy Seibert. Um, I'm on um, uh, Facebook. Obviously, Instagram is where I do a lot of my. I'll start up daily devotionals again. I do little two minute devotionals in the morning. Um, of course, through the Antioch Waco website, but we also have a YouTube channel, Jimmy Seibert YouTube channel. Okay. And we have a lot of, we're, we're trying to start loading them up with little five-minute value impact things. Right. So you say, golly, I don't have 40 minutes to listen to a sermon. How about five minutes on devotional to Jesus or mm. five minutes on financial freedom or five minutes on how to deal with the triggers in my life so I can stay mentally whole? We're trying to create five-minute little windows for everybody. And as always, you can go to AntiochWaco.com as well. Right. And you're, and if you want to find out about the, the story of the Antioch movement, you can read Jimmy's book, which yeah. is called Passion and Purpose. And it's about how the local church can change the world. You've just heard some, some stories about what that's all about. Um, but I highly recommend it. But Jimmy, thank you so much for uh, taking the time mm-hmm. to speak to us and, and blessings to you and your family and all that's going on back in Waco. Likewise. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.